Welcome addicts and non-addicts to the Diary of a Young Addict podcast. I'm your host, Mare, and I'm a 22-year-old recovering addict with four years clean. This podcast is all about recovery from addiction. Today, I'm actually doing something a little bit different. Um, Normally, it's just me sitting here talking, but I have a recording of me speaking at a meeting that I really wanted to share. So, I'm going to do just that. This was recorded in December at Irving NA in Texas. So here we go. Before I get into this, I just want to let you all know that one of my really dear friends invited me to speak at this meeting and another one of my dear friends introduced me. It's going to sound a little quiet when he's introducing me, but then it should be all good. Hayden and I'm an addict. Hi, Hayden. Actually, um, it's been quite a journey uh, knowing Meredith. Um, I actually met her when I got clean the first time. And I say the first time because it was the first time I'd actually tried working the steps and getting a sponsor. And I went out and, you know, got some more experience, right? Um, but one thing about Meredith is that, like, since I've known her, she's always made an effort to make everyone feel welcome, right? And uh, not only that, is uh, she got clean at 18, right? And I believe that is super important to share, right? Because I was 24 when I came in, right? People say I was young when I got clean, right? And it's important for us to be able to see these other young people in recovery uh, to know that it's possible, you know what I mean? Good, I believe the um, the experience of our fellowship has shown that we don't have to go to the depths of uh, dirty needles, institutions, and jails, right? Um, no, that stuff it talks about in the basic text. Like, those things don't define addiction, right? Those are some of our stories, right? But we can get clean long before those things take, present, take place in our lives, man. And I believe that uh, Meredith is a living, breathing example of that. Um, ever since I met her, she's carried the message and um, continue to uh, give back and be of service to Narcotics Anonymous. So I'll let her tell you her story. Thank you. I don't. I think I'm too short to use the podium, so I'm just gonna like stand over here awkwardly. We have a shorter one if you want. No, it's okay. It's okay. It's still kind of tall. <laughs> um, so I'm Meredith. I'm an addict. Hey, Meredith. Um, okay. Um, I'm so grateful to be here today. I'm so fucking grateful to be clean. Um, like, I'm here to share the message that an addict, any addict, like Hayden said, does not matter what fucking age you are, can get clean, lose a desire to use, and find a new freaking way to live. And I'm so glad that I have. Um, never in my life would I have imagined me to end up here. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, just like, th- this wasn't none of our plans at all. And it just blows my mind how, like, it, NA has just altered the course of my life in such a great way that I could have never imagined. Like, my brain yeah. couldn't even fathom how free I am today. And I'm a big crier, so there will probably be some tears. I'll warn y'all right now. Like, I'm an ugly crier. It's probably going to come out. Um, Let me pull this up. And so, like, when I share, 
like, right, we are a recovery-based thing. Like, we're not, I'm not, I'm not here to tell you about how bad my addiction was. It doesn't fucking matter. Because all I'm working on today is, reco- is recovery. When people ask me what my drug of choice was, like, when I find a newcomer and they're like, oh, like, what was your DOC? I'm like, why? You're just trying to, like, with love, of course, you're just trying to relate to some, to a person that I'm no longer, I'm not that person at all anymore. I've completely changed my life. And, uh, one of the biggest things that I always try and share is you can come to meetings as much as you want. You know, like, that's not the way we're going to stay clean. I, I know a lot of my friends just go to meetings like every single day. It's like, yeah, great. It looks great for your recovery, but what are you doing behind closed doors? Like me, I like, I am of service in many, many ways. It's something I didn't really plan for as well. It just kind of became my passion. Um, I work with Harm Reduction, a nonprofit where we give out Narcan and fentanyl testing strips for people who are still using because I know that we can't stop someone from using. They're going to keep using until they're ready to stop. As much as that sucks to hear, it's the truth. Um, I wasn't going to bring this up, but this just made me think of this. I found out two days ago that my cousin hung herself. And I'm the only person that she's reached out to and told me that she had a problem with addiction. And I didn't know how serious it was, you know? When she texted me, it looked like she was in, like, it looked like she knew what she was doing, like she was in recovery. I hadn't even known that she had a problem with addiction. I wouldn't imagine her that she would bring it up to me, not speaking in 10 years, just to tell me, you know, like, I would have imagined, like, her bringing it up was that she had her shit going on. Like, she was like, I have all these plans to, like, build a women's house like for recovery and I was like oh that's like great like I'm so proud of you so good to hear from you and like I I don't know why I like I said I haven't seen her in so long but it's fucking crazy what addiction can do and I'm so grateful that y'all are all in an in a meeting right now doing what we need to do to be better people like this isn't just about if there weren't the 12 steps and this was just a meeting, like, we would just be not using drugs, right? We would just be clean. But we're here to be in recovery. We're here to be better people in general. Honestly, I believe that any person could work the 12 steps and become a better person, not even Sorry. having a problem with addiction. Like, yeah. And, you know, when I came in here, I, the only God I knew, and, you know, like, I hear people say this all the time. Yeah, okay, whatever. Like, I was a Christian when I grew up. I, came, I grew up a Christian life. Um, and like also never in a million years would I imagine myself not being a Christian seriously like my parents still to this day rub it in my face and I I say that because like you know our 12 steps have to do with God whatever our God is doesn't have to be the Christian God doesn't even have to be a God but we just call it God and um, you know like one of the things that made me who I am today and like when I say when I talk about my trauma and like the struggles that I faced, I don't regret any of it. I'm, I'm not, I don't wish that none of it happened. I'm grateful for all of it because I wouldn't be like the concoction of who I am today if that didn't all happen. And I mean, even the, the dirty stuff, like I don't care. I'm glad that whatever has made me into who I am, I'm very grateful for who I am today. And so like I, where do I even start with my story? Um, I... I grew up in a Christian household, um, very like conservative parents and, uh, go to church every single Sunday. And then on Wednesdays, we kind of want you to go to like youth group too. That'd be cool if you could do that. 
And every single time I felt like I was forced. But we would go to, like, Christian camp, like, summer camp, um, like, two different ones uh, every summer. And, I like, those were the moments I really felt God's presence was when I was in nature. And I still feel like that today. And, you know... My, I did get clean at 18 this time, and I have not used drugs since. I have not used alcohol since. I have not used substances since. Um, but I first tried to get clean when I was 16 years old. And I, I don't remember how long it lasted. I really don't. I think it was like four to six months maybe. Um, and I was working another program, and it didn't start with an A. And um, it, it went, like, I don't know. It went good. And, you know, I... There are some taboo things that I'm not really afraid to share because someone's got to hear it. And so I was working another program, right? And I was taking, I had some mental health issues and I was taking a medication and um, my sponsor decided to drop me. She's like, I can't sponsor you if you're taking this medication. Like, I believe like no medication, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, like I get that. And I talked to my mom and stuff. Like, you know, I did some deep digging on this shit. I wasn't just like, I'm going to take this. Like, and like my doctor knew I was an addict. My mom's in recovery. And, uh, I, it was like, you're either going to stop taking this medication and I'll sponsor you or you're going to like, or you don't get off this medication and I can't be your sponsor anymore. And, you know, like I taught with some deep thinking and conversation with my mom, we realized that my life would be very unmanageable without this medication. And if you have a problem with medications, read, there's a pamphlet, uh, mental illness and recovery, yeah. mental health and recovery. Yeah. Yeah, and it's one of my favorite packets. And I just talked about this in my podcast, too. But, um, and in times of illness, that's a good packet, too. And, uh, and you know, everyone, has, everyone is totally entitled to their own opinion. That's fine. But I'm here to speak about things that you're not going to hear. You know, like, I don't want someone to have to go to their sponsor. Like, I don't know. I don't want to make anything taboo here. And so my sponsor dropped me because I continued to take that medication. And this, like, this was when I was 16. And then I got, I got, like, nervous I would see her at a meeting and stuff, so I stopped going. And then on top of that, one of the biggest things I learned this time in recovery is that when I was 16, I never changed who I was hanging around. I was still hanging around people who were partying, doing drugs, like, right in front of my face. I'm the only sober, I'm the only clean person there. And just, like, sitting there watching them do it. Like, being miserable. You know, like, what kind of life is that to live? Changing our people, places, and playthings. I didn't do that then. I did not do that. And uh, I ended up paying for it. You know, like I wasn't going to meetings. I didn't have a sponsor. I wasn't working the steps. I wasn't being of service. I was hanging around all the wrong people. What's going to end up happening? I fucking relapsed. Um, But I started that to say, back to my religious stuff. Um, When I was 16 and I was going to the small group and I had gotten clean and I had gotten a little bit of clean time, our... Um, small group leaders were like, we want you to be more vulnerable with us. And I was like, okay. Um, I don't, I, whatever. And one of the girls opens up and she's like, and this, yeah, this one was 16. She's like, I have a problem masturbating. And everyone's like putting their hand on her and they're like, we, oh my gosh, like we're here for you. Like, we're going to pray for you. You're going to get through this. Like, blah, blah, blah. Like, reach out to us. Like, we're here for you. Great. I was like, okay. Maybe I should open up to, like, this is, like, the first people besides my family and people in recovery that I opened up to about being clean. And I said, like, hey, like, um, I have four months clean from drugs and alcohol. And this was something I was really fucking proud of. And no one said anything. 
And everyone just stared at me. And I never went back. Yeah. Yeah. That's part of my story. And just with time, I started, I st- I'm on step two right now. Um, and there's a question. And also, I think this time in the step work, I don't know. I guess it's because I know what questions are coming. I'm like answering one question in depth, like taking up a full page and answering like four questions ahead without even meaning to. But um, it was asking, and what do you believe? And then a few questions later, it's like, what is your God? And like, what isn't your God, basically? Which is what my first sponsor taught me how to, like, if you don't know what something is, look at what it isn't to you. And it can help you discover what it is, which that's what the step work asked me. So it asked, like, in what, in what do you believe under the coming to believe section in step two? And I was answering this a few days ago, and it just made me so happy, like, to characterize what I believe in. And, like, for a long time, I'll get to that in a second. Anyways, um, so I was saying, like, I believe pets go to heaven. I believe that my God is all good, so there is not a hell. There is a heaven and a non-heaven. I believe my God only, we don't have to sacrifice anything. Like, we just have to live with good intentions and love others, you know? Like, we just need to be good. I believe that my God forgives murderers as long as they want to change. You know, like, I know there are people in NA... I know of people in NA who have fucking murdered people, and I'm, I will forgive them. If you're willing to change your life around, I'm, someone's got to be there for you, you know? I don't care. I'm here to love all the way. And um, where was I going with that? Sorry, we're going to have some blanks tonight because it's been a long day. Um. So I was answering, yeah, like, what is my God? And this, like, the step working God is just so good and in-depth. And I would have never imagined to have to answer all these questions just to do the steps, you know? Like, but one of my favorite things, you know, like, you always hear the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over, expecting different results. And people are like, yeah, that's great. Well, I have a better one. And it's in our literature. Insanity is often described as the belief that we can take something outside ourselves, drugs, power, sex, food, to fix what's wrong inside ourselves, our feelings. That, like, there's, like, star, highlight, underline. When I saw that, I was like, this is what's wrong with me. My fucking feelings, my emotions, like, that's what it is. And like I said before, like, I cry a lot, right? I get emotions today in recovery. I don't know what they are. Like, sometimes I just start crying for no reason. And it's just, it's hard to explain when you're around a normie and they're like, why the fuck are you crying right now? (laughs) You're like, I don't, I I don't even know what I'm feeling. It's just, I'm just crying. (laughs) They just don't get it. You know, like, I'm so grateful today to be able to feel emotions. You know, like, going through step work, I realized why I used in the first place, you know, which in our literature, it literally says like, we don't really concern ourselves with why we started, why we're addicts or something. Like, I don't know exactly word for word. So we don't concern ourselves with why we're addicts, but we concern ourselves with recovery. It doesn't matter why we got here, but it matters what we do now. We can't dwell on the past, right? Like, what is that going to do? But like with step work, I did have like some awakenings. Like, why am I here? Um, I never fit in. 
you know, like I was always a floater. So I was friends with a lot of different groups, but I didn't have like my specific circle. And like, I never had a dysfunctional family or anything like that. Let me give y'all, I'm, my minors in substance use disorders as well as me being an addict. I I know a little bit about it, but, um, (laughs) one of the risk factors, uh, substance abuse is like family dysfunction trauma mental illness like all these things um and like i didn't have any i didn't have really any of that mm-hmm. i knew i had it in my genetics though and that's another risk factor my mom's a fucking addict and i didn't know that for a long time until i got clean and uh but what was i talking about see this is gonna happen a lot we don't concern ourselves about we got here Okay, so, yeah, when I was younger, I re- like, I wasn't fitting in with any group. And then I found the drug addicts. Yeah. And I was like, all I have to do is feel good? Yeah. And I can have friends? And then be popular on top of that? And be known by everyone in this city? Like, yeah. the more fucked up I get, sounds like a deal. Let's do it. And, you know, like, that's how it started is because, like, I didn't fit in and wanted to fit in but then also like i wanted to cover those um, those feelings of not fitting in and never feeling completely comfortable with anyone but when i came to na i found the people i'm comfortable with like there are things like i've learned in na that i never even like would have thought about and then like seeing like like i said it doesn't matter with and like one of the things that we don't concern ourselves with too usually is like was i born an addict and I've, like, literally been on Facebook before, like, do y'all think you were born addicts? Like, tell me what you think. I just want to hear everyone's, like, beliefs. And I looked into it on myself, and I was like, do I think I was born an addict? And I do. I really do think I was. There were some people who commented on that, and they were like, no, like, I think, like, you see the people who, like, they started on pain pills because of surgery, and then it, like, escalates, right? Like, that's some people, and that's totally valid it doesn't mean you're any less of an addict than i am because i was born one you know what i mean but um and like being an addict isn't a fucking competition you know whatever and uh you know like it doesn't matter if i i I never use needles so what i never did heroin or crack that i know of you know like and uh so yes i used because i wanted to cover up my feelings and then so like and i come into recovery and i'm like oh my God, I can't do anything to mask these feelings. I don't know how I feel about that. Um, Once again, I don't know how I feel about that. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's just a very, it was a very foreign feeling. And then like, I don't even know what I want to talk about in my story. There's a lot. But, so like, why am I here? What like was my point where I was like okay I'm gonna have to get some help one of the moments was like I was like once again my mom is an addict in recovery she has like 14 years and I had no idea until I got clean and my home group was her home group (laughs) you know like until she told me I'm an addict and I was like no you're not like you're joking there's no way like I knew she went to a meeting every Saturday and I was like it's just a work meeting for an hour I didn't and I was in these meetings as a baby, having, like, I had no idea. And I found NA on my own, and I'm like, this is a secret society. And I still kind of think it is. I'm not going to say a cult. It's not a cult. Could be, but. And my sister, she still uses, and she thinks 
she's told me me and my mom are brainwashed. And I'm like, well, if, like, I'm a better person, why don't you see that? Like, if maybe my brain needed washing. Yes. <laughs> maybe, maybe if this is brainwashing, then maybe it's a good thing. <laughs> like, God, thank God for brainwashing, I guess, right? And so, like, when I came into recovery, I started realizing that, like, I put the drugs down. And then, like the insanity definition said, like, drugs, power, sex, food, I got addicted to all that shit. I got addicted to shopping on top of it and working out what my body looks like, like all this stuff. And for my women out there, I know that we struggle with body image. I never knew about this until I went to a meeting and the only one meeting I've been to talks about it. But in Living Clean, which I don't have right now, there is a chapter about relationships with our bodies and it's really good. So check it out. But um, yeah, like I was using all that shit to change how I felt. And then I was like, so that's what that insan- insanity thing is that it's talking about in step two, like when it talks about sanity. Because I was like I, doing the same thing over and over, result, like, I, yeah, I can see it in my story, but that's not like, whoa, that's me. Mine was taking something outside ourselves to try and fit, trying to fix what's inside ourselves. Um, and so, like, I. One thing I had to hear is that recovery is not like this. Growth in general is not like this. It is not linear. We're going to go like this. It's going to go down a little bit, up, blah, 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 in between. Like, I'm not always going to be getting better and better. And, like, I thought, like, with four years clean, I would be having, like, I would be some spiritual, like, chill. You know, like, I'm not that. I still have so much shit to work on. And when my sponsor... When I'm telling her something that happened and she's like, well, Meredith, you're trying to be in control. Well, Meredith, you're just selfish. And I'm like, damn, I thought I was better. Like, (laughs) come on now. (laughs) Um, And thank God for my sponsor, for having the patience that she does with me. Like, I'm a nursing student. Like, well, I don't know if I said I'm a nursing student, but I'm a nursing student. And my minor is in substance use disorders. Like, I don't have a ton of free time. I do what I can with recovery. Like, mostly I'm of service more than anything. And, um... Kind of like I mentioned before, it's like I do harm reduction. I deliver Narcan and fentanyl testing strips to addicts in need. I go to a women's prison. I go to school in Arkansas, so I'm in Arkansas most of the year. But um, I go to a women's prison, and I bring a meeting there. And my heart has never been warmer. When those, like, like, I guess I thought, like, I was in jail for less than 24 hours all put together. I thought they'd be like forced to go to it or something. It was not like that at all. Like they're so genuinely happy to be there. And the fact that we can bring this to them just makes my heart so happy. And then on top of that, one of the reasons I chose University of Arkansas is because it didn't, and this is kind of weird, but because it didn't really have a great, I didn't have a recovery program that I saw. And I was like, well, I want to bring sober dorms there. I want to bring, I want to bring recovery there. I want to be, I want to, be the catalyst for all of this, right? Well, I found out we had Razorback Recovery. It did exist. It just was very small. It still is kind of small. I've, I've done, I've been like an unpaid intern with it, just trying to like do outreach and stuff. But Razorback Recovery is like my little baby. Um, and it's not 12-step related, but it's so, like there's just something in me that gets so much joy from helping other people. Like, I never thought I'd be like that. And, and I chose nursing 
I was in recovery, but I didn't have this passion for service then. I kind of just made a pros and cons list, and nursing is what fit it, honestly. And, like, I didn't want to sit at a desk all day. And I wanted to help people, for sure. And I thought science was pretty interesting. Um, I didn't want to go to school forever. And, you know, like, my dream job would be a dream. It would be a plastic surgeon. But I'm not going to school for 12 years. I've already done that. And, uh... <laughs> it's a long time, y'all. And, uh... So I chose nursing. And then along the way, I realized that they have mental health nursing, like at rehabs. And I was like, this is, this is a God thing right here. There's no way that like I chose this on my own where I can like be of service to people and carry this passion with me in everyday life. Because like when, when I, I realized this, I'm going to be completely transparent with y'all. Recently, I real like, I mean, I've known that like I have a resentment against people who use, right? Because I can't do it successfully. I have a resentment against people who can party normally and right. or get drunk every single day. I have a resentment against it because I can't fucking do it. I didn't stop because I didn't like getting high anymore. I love getting high. Yeah. But the consequences aren't worth it to me because my disease is chronic, progressive, and fatal. My reaction to drugs is what makes us addicts. That's what it says right there. My favorite thing, like I said, I didn't really use heroin i didn't use needles i didn't do all that stuff but it says like our reaction to drugs is what makes us addicts not how much we use and then i wrote in or what we use mm -hmm. you're not an addict because you you're, you used a certain substance you know what i mean you're an addict because you have the problem of addiction um i'm sorry if i'm all over the place y'all i feel like i am you're good if y'all can follow that's all that i'm asking because my brain can't follow what i started and then like went on tangents with um that's why I have notes to keep me a little bit on par. Oh, so how going back to what I didn't even say, but I was just starting to say, how did I realize like, oh my gosh, like I need, I need help. The first moment was like, my mom sat me down. I don't even know what age this was at. And she's like, Meredith, why can't you stop? And I'm like, just sitting there crying. And I'm just like, I don't have an answer. Like, I don't know why I can't stop. And just wondering, like, I fucking wish I knew she was an addict so I could be like, well, that, maybe that's what the problem is, you know? But the biggest moment, I mean, that's a big moment in my life that I will forever remember. It was, like, one of the, the times I'd gotten caught and all that happened. And uh, the other one is, like, I went to high school. And this, you know, like I said, I was clean for a few months at 16. Then I went back out and then got clean at 18. Like, a week after my 18th birthday. And, uh, 10, 17, 2018. And, uh, I went to the senior high, went my whole junior year. And then senior year, we had the first week of school, <laughs> the first fucking week of school. That's great. And, uh, they called me into like, they were like Mer Meredith, like the, you need to go to the office. And I thought I, like, saw the drug dog in the parking lot. And I was like, oh. I, like, I think I know what it's about to go to. Like, I couldn't just run. I, I don't know what I, like, I was like, okay. I'm fucked. And uh, so I get called down to the office. And, and let me tell you the, 
the more like the pattern of my story is that I decide to be honest in the worst times but it really did help me it really did help me and it's not because I meant it I don't know why I, I really maybe it was God just like speaking through me but so like the whole reason I started getting clean when I was 16 is because this this all makes sense in a second remind me if I forget back in high school I got in trouble okay um so the whole reason I got in trouble when I was 16 is because my parents found some drugs and they decide like, they're like, Meredith, we just want you to be honest with us. Because this has happened a million times, right? They're like, we just want you to be honest with us. I'm like, okay. And then the conversation's over. I go back upstairs and I have like an epiphany and I'm like, I should tell them all the drugs I've done. <laughs> like, what the fuck? So I go downstairs and I'm like, I'm going to tell y'all. I'm going to tell y'all every drug I've done. Okay. This is at 16 years old. So I'm like listing them and they're like, oh, like we had no idea. I thought it was just some weed. Um, and, <laughs> and so we end up going to a counselor who's like, okay, you need some IOP. You need, I mean, I'm sure we all know what that means, but if you don't, it's intensive outpatient. Um, so I ended up going there for, you know, like the three hours a day, three days a week, whatever. And so that was the first time I ended up like, really wanted to be honest you know like why whatever it, it helped me because I ended up going to like getting clean for a few months I saw a little bit of the magic you know so fast forward to high school like I remembered um they brought me into the office and they're like Meredith do you have any drugs on you and I was like okay it's time to be honest I don't know I'm gonna get in trouble no I don't have any drugs on me I have some in my car. <laughs> so they bring the drug dog to my car, and I'm like, dude, I already told you all I have drugs in my car. Why are you bringing the drug dog in? It's like, I'll just give you the drugs. It's okay. We'll call it even. Like, it'll be cool. And uh, they get the drugs. I go, I get arrested. But, but since I was honest, it did help me out. Here we go, too. Like, it helped me because I got into recovery. But also, the cop was nice, and he was like, okay, we're just going to, like, We'll bring you through, like, a secret part of the school so people won't see you with handcuffs on. I was like, great. Sounds awesome. So I did get, I get, did get arrested and go to jail when I was 18, first week of senior year of high school. So when I, get, when I get busted out of jail after, like, eight hours because my parents, I guess, gave me, like, one freebie is what it turns out. Um, <laughs> two weeks later, you know, like, I, I got sent to the alternative school. The school for the bad kids or the pregnant girls. There were a lot of pregnant, young pregnant yeah. ladies there for some reason. But... Um, <laughs> I got sent there. <laughs> and thank God, because the, pr- the principal there was actually my principal back in middle school. And, and they didn't know I was doing sketchy shit in middle school. She thought I was like a, a really good kid. So she knew like I was a good kid deep, deep down, which I am. And um, so I get sent to the alternative school. And they're like, we're going to put you here for like six. I don't even remember what it was, like a month. And then we'll let you come back to the public, like the actual school. And you can finish out your senior year and graduate, blah, blah, blah. Great. Okay. Y'all, it didn't happen. So I, <laughs> two weeks later, the drug dog comes again, and they're like, Meredith, <laughs> you got some shit in your car? And I was like, no, and you can't search my car, because I, I talked to my lawyer, and basically, like, if I tell you you can't, you can't. And they're like, your, your car's on school property. So, like, we, we're allowed to search it. And I was like, fuck. That just looks really sketchy now. Like, so <laughs> they ended up finding more drugs, and... Uh, and I got arrested again. But this time my parents were like, we're not going to bail you out. And I was embarrassed to call them too. You know, like I had already, it was two weeks later for the exact same charge. 
I was just like, I don't think it's going to, like, I don't think it's going to happen again. What are the odds? What are the odds they're going to catch me again? At this school where you walk in, like, through a metal detector? Like, what are the odds? At a school where they, like, have a designated police officer all the time, you know? Like, stupid shit. And so I got arrested again. And at that moment, like, I was sitting, getting, like, in the intake process or something, and I was just crying, like, fuck. I have, like, I need to do something different. Like, that is my, that, there's the definition of insanity where doing the same thing over and over, expecting, there's where it kind of is like, wow, just because of that. But I was just like, something has got, like, something's got to change, you know? And, like, I had been the popular person in school. I was, I was loving it. Like, everyone knew who I was. Everyone knew who Meredith Doria was. It was awesome. And, like, and then everyone knew who my sister was, and, which was kind of cool because my sister never really had a lot of friends. So, yeah. And uh, that was my moment. Like, I just will forever remember that moment. Like, this can't happen again. You know, like, I don't want it. I could, I don't know how long I could have been stuck there. Somehow I got out of jail for, like, $45, but, uh, <laughs> don't ask me, because I really don't understand. I just was like, here you go, sounds good. And I got let out. And I, and I come home, and my parents are like, what are you, why are you here? <laughs> like, we were going to leave you in there for a week. So I haven't been in jail that long, but. It don't matter, right? Like I said, like, it doesn't matter how bad my addiction was, right? You don't know what drugs I was talking about. And, um, so that's when I really, like, I really realized I had a problem when I looked back and I'm like two times in two weeks for the exact same charge. So what happened was, is I got sat down at the alternative school with that principal who used to be my principal in middle school. And she was like, all right, so there's two options here. And they weren't, they weren't my choice, but it was like, we're going to send you to jail school which I, like, I'd never heard of anyone being bad enough to go to jail school. I was pretty terrified. Or we're going to graduate you early. And I was like, what kind of, like, <laughs> graduate me early? But their, their, like, thought process with it was, like, we're going to graduate you early so you're, like, not around these kids anymore. Because the reality of it is, is, like, when I went to that school, like, even in the weeks before I was in trouble, like, and I was using, and I was high all day there, I didn't talk to anyone. I knew that those weren't my people. You know, like, I didn't feel like I fit in, once again, like I said. You know, like, I just, I thought they were too bad. You know, I was like, <laughs> I don't, I don't really get this. And then when I got, after I went to rehab and I got clean, and I got back, and, like, I was like, I don't want to be around these kids. Like, I don't need to associate with them. Like, I'm trying to get my life on track, you know? Both times it was like, I don't want to be around these kids who were bad influence, whatever it was. I don't know. God. The, I was stuck with the teachers. And you know, one of those teachers I still talk to today, four years later. And four years ago, he was telling me, I'm good. Do you have a, oh, I was like, do you have a question? Yeah. <laughs> Five minutes, right? Okay. <laughs> Five minutes I was just like really confused. Um, one of the teachers there actually, so four years ago when I got clean, like, he wasn't actually my teacher. Like, this school was really cool. Like, they would give you the test, and then they'd give you the answers right next to it. It was easy, because I was always an honors kid. I was always an honors kid. Even when I was doing drugs, I was still an athlete, too. Like I said, I was part of a lot of different groups. 
I was an athlete. Like I was doing all this stuff. And that's why my dad, he, that's why he's told me he never suspected me because I was still performing great in all aspects. They had no idea. Um, um, and I lost my thought process again. Yeah. Before that. Yeah, that's right. Okay. So, um, <laughs> so I, um, my principal sat me down and she's like, I know you were a good kid. Like I saw you before in middle school. We're going to graduate you early. I was like, Oh, thank God. I did not want to go to jail school. So, and this teacher, that's what I was going to say. So thank God. So, um, this teacher that I was talking about, he wasn't my teacher. Like he wasn't assigned to me, but one of the teachers, when I got clean and was like being like isolating and they were like, I think that you and this teacher would really get along. And I was like, okay, okay, it's cool. And he's like this big buff, like six, five dude, like he's huge. And he would do art with me and he taught me like art and stuff. And he would just like, and he wasn't, he did not do drugs. I'll say that, but he thought in a different way. Like he thought kind of how we do, like it, I don't know even how to explain it, but he was like a mentor to me then. And he just like took me under his wing and he was always so supportive of me. And when I told him like, I have five days clean, like he was so excited for me. And it just like, it was my, he was like my first supporter outside of my parents and people in recovery who like really loved me. And it just brings me also to say that like, I've never personally, Lena, like I've never had a problem when I've told people I'm an addict. I've never had a negative connotation to it. And maybe I should. Maybe I honestly should because I'm very open about it. Like, I'm very open about it. Like, to get into nursing school, it's like 50% grades is what they look at, 25% um, interview, and then 25% personal statement. And on the personal statement, they were like, what makes you unique? And, like, I can only think of one thing. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm, like, sitting there like, okay, what else can I say? I know I probably shouldn't say this about, like, being around medicines in nursing school, you know, like, I don't think, I don't think that's a good idea. And that's all I could think of. And I was like, we work at Honest Program, right? <laughs> so you're I'm being honest again. I'm a fucking addict. I'm a recovering addict. Recovering. And at that point, like, I had, like, two years clean or something. It was, it looked, it wasn't bad. You know, like, I had some time, so that was cool. And it didn't get me in the first time, but I used it again the second time, and I got in. So my nursing school knows that I'm a recovering addict, which is pretty fucking cool, because... I've got to go up to them, like, and hand out Narcan and be like, and I'm a recovering addict. Like, you know, like, they all know. And that, like, my, and they know that my um, passion is with mental health. And that, like, when I was in my addiction, I had a resentment against any doctor or therapist who wanted to help me. Because I, I'm not going to say I knew, because I'm sure maybe some of them were recovering addicts. But, like, I was just, I felt that, like, they didn't know what I was going through. They didn't know whatever was going in my head. And I didn't know that, like, there were all of us who do know what's going on in my head. And I was just like, I don't, I, I just hated them for it. Mm-hmm. I was like, you're, you're trying to cure me based off of something you've read in a book. Mm-hmm. I'm not like some book. And I just really hated them for it. And so what I wanted to do was be the person who knew the science behind it just like they did but have some experience with it too mm-hmm. and so I can share with someone hey like I've been where you're at yeah. because I'll, I'll close with this um, 
so I did my mental health clinicals this semester and like I knew I was like I want to go into that but this is just going to kind of confirm that that is what I want to do because you don't really know what something is until you go into clinicals and actually work it you only know what you're reading a book and so I went there and a lot of the like the mental health clinicals are usually at like a psych ward whatever you want to call it like these people have all sorts of problems it's not just mental health I got placed at a different place um it was called Piney Ridge and this is back up in Arkansas and these kids it's like the only place like this in the country these kids are there for being sexually problematic and I was like okay they probably raped someone I don't know how much worse it can get you know and you know like I was like I, I, I can forgive them you know like I can do that I can be that person there for them I know People, like, once again, I know people in NA who, are, who probably weren't the best people before, weren't doing the greatest things, and I love them to death. And my first day, and I, I, I did read some of the charts later on, like, there's things I could not ever imagine, you know, like, there were some really bad things, like, wanting to do things to their parents are just, like, you know, is bad. But, you know, I knew these kids didn't come out of the womb this way. Almost all of them had parents who were addicts. And, you know, like, and also all of these kids had been through something where they, it was done to them. Yeah. And, like, I felt for these kids. I really loved them with all my heart. And I wish I was allowed to stay in contact because I met this one kid. One of the texts had mentioned that he, had, like, was clean two months before he went there. And I was like, whoa. Like, because these are all adolescents, so 17 and under. And I was like, can I, can I talk to him about being in recovery? And my teacher was like, I don't think that's a good idea. Like these people already, like these kids already have abandonment issues. You're only here for three weeks. Like you're gonna, you might like develop this bond with him and then leave and it'll just break him again. You know, I don't know if it's a good idea. And I asked, she was like, why don't you just ask the tech? And I asked the tech and she was like, that'd be a great idea if you could, if you would talk to him. And I was like, oh, like something in my like heart, like two wires just like click for happiness when I'm able to, I don't know, when I'm able to relate to someone. And I got to talk to him and this kid, like our stories are the same. You know, like his mom just got out of jail that weekend when I was there and his mom was in recovery. My, my mom's in recovery. And I was just like, listen, and he wanted to do this. I was like, listen, you have to do this for yourself. Like you can't do this recovery thing. Cause he sounded like he wanted it more than his mom did. And I was like, you have to do this for yourself. Like, if you end up doing this for her, what if she ends up relapsing? What are you going to do then? Like, you're probably going to end up doing the same thing. If you really want it, you need to want it yourself. And I just really bonded with this kid. And I was just like, this is my passion right here. Like, there's nothing I love more than getting to help people. You know, like, I don't think it's a God complex. You know, like, I don't think it's because, like, I'm that great person that, like, oh, my gosh, let me help you. I think it's just, like, I really do enjoy seeing people better themselves. And that I can just kind of help them see that for themselves. And so, like, that's full circle ending. That is kind of why, I mean, I have an app every day and I pledge, like, every day I'm going to stay clean. And one of the reasons is because, like, I want to inspire other young people and that we can do it too. Yeah. You know, like, just because I walked into these meetings and only saw people 20 years older than me does not matter. My best friend in Arkansas in NA meetings is, like, a 76-year-old man. <laughs> it really is. His name's Kid and he's my best friend. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 okay. But 
We all have a place here. We all have a place here, and and you know, like no one gets to put your spot up. Like you designate your own spot as long this is as long as this is what you want. We I can't speak for everyone. I'm here to accept you all the way and love you, and we can do this. I'm not gonna say if I can do this, you can do this, because like my story wasn't that bad, but. There have been hundreds of people that have done this. We can fucking do it. Put in the, if you put in the work, then you'll reap the benefits. That's all I have to share.